0: This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 1921, The True Cost of Commuting, part one, by Mr. Money Mustache of MrMoneyMustache.com. And I'm your host and personal finance enthusiast, Diana Merriam. I have a bit of a longer post, so I'll read the first half today and then finish the rest for you tomorrow. So with that, let's dive into part one and start optimizing your life. The True Cost of Commuting, Part 1, by Mr. Money Mustache of MrMoneyMustache.com. It was a beautiful evening in my neighborhood, and I was enjoying one of my giant homebrews on a deck chair I had placed in the middle of the street as part of a nearby block's annual street party. I was talking to a couple I had just met, and the topic turned to the beauty of the neighborhood. Wow, I didn't even realize this area was here. The guy said, it's beautiful and old and the trees are giant and all of the families hang out together outside as if it were still 1950. Yeah, said his wife, we should really move here. Then the discussion turned to the comparatively affordable housing and the other benefits of living in my particular town. By the end of it, these people were verbally working out the details of a potential move within just a few months except their plan was absurd. Because these two full-time professional workers currently happen to live and work in Broomfield, a city that's about 19 miles and 40 minutes of high traffic driving away from here. They brushed off the potential commute, saying, oh, 40 minutes, that's not too bad. Yes, actually, it is too bad. But this misconception about what's a reasonable commute is probably the biggest thing that's keeping most people in the U.S. and Canada poor. Let's take a typical day's drive for this self-destructive couple. Adding 38 miles of round-trip driving at the IRS's estimate of total driving cost of 51 cents per mile, there's $19 per day of direct driving and car ownership costs. It's possible to drive for less, but these people happen to have fairly new cars bought on credit, so they're wasting the full amount. Next is the actual human time wasted. At 80 minutes per day, the self-imposed driving would be adding the equivalent of almost an entire work day to each work week, so they would now effectively be working six days per week. After 10 years, multiplied across two cars since they have different work schedules, This decision would cost them about $125,000 in wealth if they had, for example, chosen to put the $19 a day into extra payments on their mortgage and 1.3 working years worth of time, each spent risking their lives daily behind the wheel. That's every 10 years. And that's with a commute that most Americans claim is not too bad. You'll note that most 30-year-old couples today about 10 years into adulthood, don't even have 125,000 in net worth. And they probably drive around quite a bit in expensive financed cars, mostly as part of a self-imposed commute. These facts are directly related. The alternative I would have recommended to this couple, if they had asked my opinion, would be to make sure their house is within biking distance of both jobs, immediately sell both borrowed cars and replace them with a single 10-year-old manual transmission hatchback. And finally, let the good times roll. Setting aside $10,000 to keep the new car on the road, they'll certainly enjoy their $115,000 of extra cash after 10 short years. And if they combine this trick with a few of the other Mr. Money Mustache classics, they'll be able to move to historic Old Town Longmont as early retirees within 10 years instead of being broke wage slaves still commuting out of here every morning when the year 2021 rolls around. Now, I'll admit that it's possible to bring your cost per mile down somewhat. That's one of my own specialties, which is why I still keep a car of my own around for affordable family road trips. The ultimate cheap driving in a paid-off economy car still costs at least 17 cents per mile. Most people cannot drive this cheaply. And this is ignoring the cost of insurance, since I'll assume you have a car even if you didn't commute to work. Most people aren't willing to go completely car free, although if you are, good for you. Besides the option of picking a home close to wherever your work happens to be, there may also be the option of picking a job that's close to your home in the town of your dreams. Get a new job. There are apparently plenty of them here in my own city, many being worked by people who commute in from other places even while an equal number of people commute out of my town to work somewhere else. To be continued. You just listened to part one of the post titled The True Cost of Commuting by Mr. Money Mustache of mrmoneymustache.com. If you've been using Mint to manage your finances, I've got some bad news. Mint is shutting down. But now for the good news. There's a better alternative and keep it all reliable with on-time ground shipments. It's time to turn shipping to your advantage. Learn how at usps.com advantage. USPS Ground Advantage, simple, affordable, reliable. As someone who has spent most of their adult life living carless in New York City, I had a lot of reluctance to buying a car when I moved to Cincinnati but I really can't complain when it comes to commuting in this city. While we don't have good public transportation, I rarely ever have to deal with traffic, and I usually can get anywhere I wanna go in 20 minutes or less by car. Even in a denser city, I agree with Mr. Money Mustache here. A solve for a commute could be to live as close as possible to where you work. Based on what you can afford, this may require you to live in a less desirable home or neighborhood. So you may need to decide what's more important to you, minimal commute or more desirable living space. Like most decisions with our resources, everything's a trade-off. I think a unique opportunity in our current dynamic where remote working options allow you to live anywhere you want, you can absolutely just move to a less congested city. I had a 45-minute commute in New York City, but I got to ride the subway and so could make the most of my time. I found the trains tolerable, even borderline enjoyable. I read a lot, caught up on work, journaled, people watched, struck up conversations with strangers. It was actually pretty nice. And now that I think about it, I miss it a little bit. A long commute doesn't need to be a waste of time if you're able to utilize that time to get something else done or socialize. Well, that should do it for today. Have a happy rest of your day and a great weekend. And I'll see you on the Sunday show tomorrow where we'll finish up this post and where your optimal life awaits.